Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan Jesse Go, of course, the popular podcast with almost no content. <laughs> um, I was thinking that we should have a like an introduction to the show for a new, if a new listener. Sure. In. I guess yeah, and I guess we could could have something like, you know highfalutin or we could have something you know grand but why not just be honest like a fanfare yeah yeah (laughs) jordan does a go the podcast where da 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 (laughs) so jordan i can't help but notice that you're holding some sort of prepared statement yeah i just i mean i know you know the nature of the show it's it's you know it's free-flowing it's you know improvisational typically i mean we come in here and we just i mean i don't know if you read that post on the reddit the other day yeah but yeah we just come in here we just kick ideas around we just have fun we We talk we chat yeah i mean I, i i kind of like to think of my podcasting style like Vince Vaughn's acting style. Right. You, you just, just open go. your mouth and you see just what go. happens. You do one for the script and then you just you just let Vince go off book. You just right. see where that crazy mind, sure. that warped mind. That wild, inventive, creative, comic genius. You just genius. see where he goes. Yeah. You can't tether that. That's how I feel about working with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm Vince Vaughn to your guy who directed the internship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that was uh, Google, Mr. Google. Oh, yeah, John Jordan Google. Google. Yeah, John Google. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but this, is actually, this actually is a good segue because my prepared remarks are about film. Oh, are they? Yeah, I mean, you're a fan of film, Jesse. I oh, I love film, uh, film, cinema, uh, the movies. Yeah, um, motion pictures. Yeah, uh, to a certain extent, <laughs> zoetropes. <laughs> what about Magic Lantern shows? <laughs> I, have a, I have some. I have some. <laughs> hey, hey, watch out! Here comes one of my signature rants. Oh boy, I've got a beef with Magic Lantern <laughs> shows. It looks to me like it's just translucent slides <laughs> held up to a candle flame. You have to admit, that horse Magic. is running pretty fast, though. <laughs> it is true. You can see all four I, legs I, leave the ground. Can I tell you a secret? Sure. I did not stay that long because once that train started heading, yeah. for me, heading for me, I was out of there. Yeah. You don't want to be around for that bloodbath. So it's about when cin- that train kills that whole tent full of people. <laughs> it's about cinema. Your comments uh, yeah, are about like, sorry, film. Yeah, the it's about film, film and, and I mean it's award season uh, here in Hollywood. Sure, and, and this, I think we can all feel it. SAG it's pal- awards it's, it's palpable. Ty, what's his name from Modern Family? Ty on Cobb. The billboards is <laughs> on the billboards. Yeah. For have you seen the SAG award billboards? It's just it's Julia Louis Dreyfus, Ty, what's his name mm-hmm. from N like. I don't know, Ugly Betty or something? Yeah. It's like the most Ugly miscellaneous Betty. group of pretty famous people. Sure. Like famous people, talented people. But how did they decide to not go with Clooney? Yeah, I don't, that's a great question. Okay. It's a great – maybe pictures of Clooney are too expensive to license. It's award season. It's award season. And you've prepared some remarks. And, uh, and I've been kind of going through all the awards movies. I want to be like beefed up, boned up for my uh, office Oscar pool. Oh, yeah, sure. And so, you know, and I watched the movie uh, Foxcatcher the other day. Have you heard of this movie? This, if I'm not mistaken, this is a movie uh, where Steve Carell Mm -hmm. plays an eccentric millionaire. Sure. Obsessed with wrestling. Yeah, and I think I, and I have just have, so I had some thoughts about the movie and I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot and just kind of reading up on it and seeing what everyone thinks. And I think I just, I've had. Because you know it's one of those movies that lingers with you. Like after right. it's done, you kind of it's it's haunting. Right. 
And I've been thinking a lot about it and kind of reading all the criticism. I think there's just something that had to be said that hasn't been. Do you mind if I introduce our guest, fresh air critic at large, Ken Tucker? <laughs> Please do. He'll be listening thoughtfully. So something <clears throat> something has lingered with you. Okay. A Foxcatcher is the story of the troubled heir to the DuPont fortune. And while it's striking, it could use more energy. Perhaps it should have been directed by a man about town. Like, for instance, the director of Twister. In other words, the story of John DuPont could have used a bon vivant like Jan DuPont. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. That's the worst prepared statement. <laughs> We did. We just talked. Yeah. For maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> building up not even a pun. What? The, the sort of humor that is one level below a pun. It is simply a rhyme. Sure. You wrote a paragraph of text to set up. Three pairs of words that rhyme. Yeah. Pretty good, right? Yeah, it was pretty good. Thank I, you. I, I got no complaints. <laughs> you know, you might have inferred complaint from the tone of my voice, but I definitely enjoyed that. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Jan DuPont. Who's a real bon vivant. <laughs> should have directed the story of John DuPont. <laughs> F minus. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> you know what? Fair. <laughs> but you know what? Perfect attendance record. Oh, okay. Yeah, most improved. <laughs> oh, let's let's bring our real guest. Yes, into I would the love to. Here. What a delight to have him here. Uh, punk rock royalty, mm-hmm. uh, a literary celebrity. Some would say he's a member of the Glitterati. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that. What <laughs> what is involved in being a member of the Glitterati? Um, I, it means someone mailed you. One of those packages that explodes glitter into your face. Uh, yeah, okay, all right. That, yeah, that happened. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> the glitter bomber? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Have you seen that? That's something you can do on the internet now. You can just mail someone a package and glitter explodes in their face. That's horrible. Well, I know. That guy, the guy discontinued his service because he got overloaded with uh, orders once that became famous. So he's out of business now. That the the glitter guy, his servers couldn't have handled it. Our guest on the program, <laughs> the front man of the Mr. T Experience, among many other bands, uh, he is uh, uh, the young adult author, uh, a celebrated young adult author. His name is Doctor Frank. That's me. Thanks for having me on. Is Doctor Frank, your preferred. Yeah, I th- I think you of myself. The yeah, I think of myself as Doctor Frank. Um, <laughs> people. Call me. Do- My girlfriend calls me doctor. My, I, I, I <laughs> That's don't, just because you have stirrups in the bedroom. <laughs> I don't. Um, yes, but even if I didn't, the, they, she would still call me doctor. I, that's just how I've – I've for most of my life thought of myself. My actual name, Frank Portman, which, which I started using when I started publishing books, uh, because and this is exactly what the um, my uh, editorial uh, pe- editorial people at my publishing uh, company said when we were talking about whether it was going to be Frank Portman or Doctor Frank on the book cover. They said we don't want someone looking at this book and thinking. What is this by some weird doctor? Yeah. You don't want to compete with Dr. <laughs> and, Oz. So, I mean, that that is – and I think they were right. But um, at the time, uh, I've, I'm not sure that uh, – that didn't sound like it reflected a great deal of expertise. But, you know, they know what they're doing, I guess. I mean, it might have added to your success. I mean, when you consider that most of your novels are about 
the healing power of acai berries. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually you are thinking of Doctor Oz now, Jesse. Oh, really? Yeah, he's uh, he... that different, totally different guy. I mean, it was a thrilling novel. Sure, I mean, I think Frank Frank's books are about you know uh, the the trials and tribulations of growing up, uh, not superfoods. Really? Yeah. What? Frank, I appreciate you coming in today. Can you tell me? Why are superfoods not part of your books? It seems like a missed opportunity. I, uh, you know, I, I I have to save some material for uh, subsequent uh, uh, novels in the series. Oh. And so the next one – so King Dork was the first one. King Dork approximately was the second. And King Dork Abroad that I'm working on now will be the third. Maybe the fourth will be King Dork eating a lot of superfood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, King I, Dork comma eating a lot of superfoods. Yeah, or can, like King Dork colon blueberries. King <laughs> Dork Omega-3 fatty acids. Colon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. That's, that's maybe a, just a shorter way to get in there. Jordan, I want to point out. That, as horrible as it was, was better than <laughs> you just <rhymed> three things. <laughs> it was. <laughs> At least there was like an inherent, you know, there was, a, there was a spark of vitality to it. There was a puzzle that was solved. I wrote mine down at lunch today. <laughs> um, oh, now, while we're on the topic of, of names and naming, I always think it's interesting um, – you know, because I, uh, I, when I was in high school, I, I listened to your band a lot and kind of a lot of similar bands. And it's like, it's interesting because those bands are still touring and guys who came up with their punk rock nicknames like, you know, in high school or college are still using them. Yeah. Uh, I think Jesse and I can kind of relate. We are yeah. saddled with two ridiculous nicknames that we came up with in college. Yeah. I, I mean, literally, in fact, our our old college friend Creek just – emailed me a photograph of the cassette tape that I submitted to our college radio station 15 years ago for The Sound of Young America, the show that preceded this one and Mm -hmm. my current NPR show. Um, And I was looking at it, and it said The Sound of Young America on it, and I thought, yeah, dumb name then, dumb name now. (laughs) And that's to say nothing of America's radio sweetheart. (laughs) Uh, uh, America's radio sweetheart really, uh, really sounds nice uh, in your weird voice, though. Oh, I, thank I, you. I really, <laughs> enjoy, I really yeah. enjoyed that a lot. That is very kind of you. Yeah. You know, recently, yeah. I, I don't want to derail this conversation. I want to get back to nicknames. But recently, uh, Rene Russo told me that I'm a very good singer. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. It's Thursday, that- Thursday night. Oh. I happened to sing a few bars. Rene Russo said to, she turned to me. And she said, you're a very good singer. Yeah. She's mistaken. Hmm. <laughs> I think what she meant is you have an interesting voice, like Tom Waits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds lived in, you know? Yeah, I was I was actually like banging a woodblock against a children's slide at the time. Oh, there you go. So there you go. That's probably <laughs> how she came to that conclusion. <laughs> Frank, how did you come up with Dr. Frank? How did it how did it settle in? You know, it was from when I was a kid, actually, my siblings named me Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, as a as a term of ridicule, because I had objected to, I could see my, my not as a, a, t- a term of endearment based yeah. on your impressive physical strength. <laughs> yeah, no, my I have the same name as my father, and so to distinguish me from him, they used to call me Frankie, which as a kid used to really irritate me. I didn't I didn't like it, so I I bitterly objected to it, and so I was, oh, you don't like Frankie? How do you like Doctor Frankenstein? And I was like, yeah, well, I like it, okay. And so um, so I was I was. It's got shortened, and I was doctor very shortly after that. So, does anyone do people call you Doc? 
sometimes they call me Doc. Sometimes they say, what's up, Doc, if they want to uh, add a little uh, sexiness Asshole to it. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, what's up, Doc? Bet you never heard that one before. But, you know, the, uh, uh, but I do think of it as like a name, not a – not a title, but uh, so like the name doctor is is a name. But I've had different explanations for it when people have asked because they always ask. And one of the ones that I used to say uh, is that <clears throat> I'm actually a dentist, and which I thought was really hilarious. And sometimes I would elaborate on it and say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm an alternative dentist, and I will uh, I I don't I don't take money um, for my dentistry. I'll I'll usually you know do it for beer, and I'll set up a chair on the stage at Gilman Street, and I'll give free checkups, dental checkups to punk rockers. And so I went around saying this for um, for many years, including on a, a tour of Europe that we did. And a couple years later, I started noticing I was getting messages from all these European people who had heard me say this, who were in visiting California and were saying, hey, well, I, I want to have a checkup. When can I show up <laughs> to get some dental work done, Dr. Frank? And so I, I had to put that uh, explanation away because it was just causing too many weird Europeans to show up to my shows. Europeans are very literal. Can I ask you guys a question about punk rock dentistry? Sure. <laughs> um, I think you're talking to the two right people. <laughs> I... Uh, I had a friend in roughly middle school. Mm -hmm. uh, really, he was uh, the son of a friend of my mother's. Uh, but we hung out a few times. Uh, he lived on a boat. Mm -hmm. And his father was drove a sort of rickety pickup truck and was really into the movie Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. These are the specifics that I rem remember outside of the one that I'm about to drop on you. One time we're driving and his father said to me, you know, John – it's not his real name, but I'm going to call the kid John. Sure, you know, to protect him yeah. said, from cyberbullying. The kid just lived with his dad on the boat. They, I don't know what the deal was with the mom. He said, you know, John, he doesn't like to brush his teeth. Uh, and I said, that's OK as long as he goes like this. <laughs> With his tongue and uses a toothpick. <laughs> yeah, that's irresponsible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who would have guessed someone who lives on a boat would have interesting hygiene ideas? Single dads on boats. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one more qualified to comment on hygiene. It's kind of punk rock though, right? It is pretty punk rock. I mean, yeah. probably led to, you I know. I mean, that's better than washing your hair with soap or bar soap. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to punk rock hygiene practices. <laughs> you could at least like – Gargle with some old English. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, there you go. Do you think? Do you think you have the best long-running punk rock nickname? How do you think you stack up to I the? Think it's, I mean, I think it's in a grand tradition of of people adopting, uh, you know, unearned titles. There's <laughs> other doctors, you know. There's uh, I, there's Dr. Dre. There's um, there's other there's I think I think there's Captain Sensible. I mean, you, basically, if you uh, this is America or uh, or England and Captain Sensible's case, and uh, you, if you say you're a doctor, you pretty much actually are one. You know, I was just listening to a record earlier today by a, a, a soul singer named General Johnson, <laughs> who was one of the lead singers of the Chairman of the Board, and I was just thinking like. Like I'm, I'm perfectly happy with Jesse Thorne as my name. I think it's, I think it's a nice, solid name. I like both names pretty well. Sounds like it could be like a, a spy or something. Mm -hmm. um, best case scenario. 
Worst case scenario, probably public radio host and podcaster. <laughs> um, One of the two. But I'm, Who's I'm, to say you can't be both? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I would start adopting a secret life if you hadn't already. Well, I have a secret life. The only problem is it doesn't have anything to do with espionage. Jesse, have you seen a little movie called Mordecai? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have not caught it yet. It's the hilarious story of a mustache see... <laughs> who leads a double life. I try and see anything Olivia Munn. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen it yet. You're a real munhead. <laughs> I'm a real munhead, which is funny. I'm also a bunhead. I love the TV show Bunheads. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm perfectly happy with the name Jesse Thorne. Uh, it's one of those names. Sometimes people ask me if it's my real name or if it's a stage name, and I feel like that it sure. is my real name. So I feel like that's a pretty good sign that it's a solid real name. Uh, but I would jump at the chance to have my first name be general general sure yeah. what a winner there's have you uh, frank have you ever seen the movie or play a thousand clowns i have not okay so it's a wonderful movie and at one at one point they uh at one point the it's about a it's about a comedy writer and his uh nephew who's his adopted son and his nephew's adopted son doesn't have a permanent name and at one point they're discussing what his permanent name should be and uh, he points out that you can pick just about anything and put Captain before it to spruce it up a little. He's like, yes, you can. Sure. <laughs> it works perfectly every time. You know who I feel a little bit bad for in the world of punk rock nicknames? Who's that? Smelly. Oh, who's, who's, <laughs> can you tell me a little the, more about Smelly? He's the drummer for no effects. Uh, and he's smelly. easily the most dignified one in that band. <laughs> he's maybe arguably the best musician. Uh, uh, when he's when they're not touring, he's in the foreign service. Yeah, sure, yeah, but he is smelly. Yeah. No last name, <laughs> just smelly. <laughs> yeah. Do the do the rest of the members of No Effects have comparably? Uh, yeah, you got you got Fat Mike, sure, who's not fat anymore. The celebrated frontman of the band, sure. You got El Jefe. Um, yeah, El Jefe is not embarrassing at all. It's pretty good. That's the nickname I gave to my El Camino. Sure, it means the boss. Yeah. Uh, then you have Eric Melvin, which is not a is he's the one guy in the band without a weird name. What a dick! I know, right? His nickname should be a dick. Yeah, I know the dick that won't come up with a nickname after. Like, can you imagine what it's like to be smelly? Yeah, and just be like, "Come on, Eric, I'm I'm forty, <laughs> I'm smelly." Well, you know, uh, Paul Stanley, who uh, invented his identity as the star child and his costume and everything at probably age of 18 or 19. And he, you know, has had to live with it for the subsequent 50 years or whatever. (laughs) Um, The star child is the funniest way. The star child who is the lover of the members of Kiss. Mm. Um, uh, I I think that was probably um, he could have chosen more wisely because Ace Frehley, the spaceman. That that is worn a lot better. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, please? Yeah. I, this is a question for both of you guys about Kiss, because I'm not a look. I'm not a rock and roll expert. Sure. You understand what I'm saying? But uh, you minored in rock and roll. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, yeah. But back back in my undergrad. Days, sure. <laughs> my PhD. You majored in the classics. My PhD's in Gamelon. <laughs> so here's my question. Yeah. If you're a member of the Kiss Army, mm-hmm. do you? pick a guy from Kiss that you are, or do you pick your own Kiss-type guy to be? I can answer this question as it relates to Juggalos. Okay, thank you. Uh, with a Juggalo, you don't, you don't, you're not being 
Shaggy Too Dope or Violent J, you pick your own makeup design. Oh. And then that's kind of copywritten. And I think it's a little bit being like a roller derby girl and that there's some sort of juggalo registry and your makeup is your thing until uh, you were killed in a porta potty accident. (laughs) (laughs) Each juggalo gets his or her star in the firmament, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it can't be a star. Because right. that's already Star Child. Sure, yeah. Because <laughs> Paul Stanley will, will come gunning for you. I mean, it's roughly the same people, right? Maybe they're just 15 years younger. I think, uh, well, I mean, I guess they're both they're both kind of revolve around Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Rockin' hard. Sure. Uh, Ain't not giving a shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you know about that about Kiss? I, Do you... you know, I would I would, I would have, there was a time in my life uh, when I would have considered myself a member of the Kiss Army for sure. Oh, wow. Um, and maybe I would, again, now, I don't know, but I, I didn't do that thing where I, I, I associate that with a different kind of fandom. Like, I had a girlfriend uh, way back when, actually at the same time, who was actually officially the president of the, of her of subdivision of the Bay City Rollers fan club, like she was like she was specifically you know had had the official designation, and they were divided along the lines that you say like like she got to boss the street team around. Well, I think the street team hadn't yet been invented. Oh wow! Okay. But these were but they so so in the the she was the Bay Area head of the less. Division Les McEwen, however you say his name. So they had there were it was four divisions of the fan club, and she was the boss of the one. And it was because they were the fans of this particular guy. They thought he was the cutest. They thought he was the best. They thought, and um, but I just never noticed that level of devotion among any Kiss fans to the individual guys. In fact, I think you know part of being a Kiss fan is loving Kiss, but also kind of ridiculing everything about uh, the members of Kiss at the same time. They're absurd. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it it's seems a, to be absurdity a... to an art form. You know, it's... I'm impressed that your girlfriend was the regional president. I, I mean, no, if you just a... said to me, "Oh, she was head of the San Carlos Bay <laughs> nope. City Rollers," she had to club. she had to work her way up. It was a, there was a, there was an established system. It she was, was on, she had to, she had to she poison the wine of various uh... <laughs> Bay City Rollers mayor of Hayward. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that she represented the entire Bay Area region is quite imp- now. Does that did that include San Jose or uh, you know I, I can't Jose I can't remember but uh, you know a little bit of the glamour rubbed off on me I have to admit um, <laughs> and I I um, I'm sorry that we even put you in a position <laughs> where you had to admit that but I appreciate you being so forthcoming but you know I I uh, I'm a I like the Bay City Rollers too I mean more than I did then I was you know I was a I was a little bit above it. Um, then, but uh, Jesse and I came to that with... realization about Hanson recently. That yeah. maybe we were we yeah. were shitheads about Hanson growing up, but actually yeah. Hanson's Hanson pretty, pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with Hanson. Sure. And you know what? I I had a couple years ago. Maybe I what happened is someone told me that Hanson were actually good, and I was like, "Is that true?" <clears throat> and then I sort of thought back. This is three years ago, four years ago. I'm 29 years old or something. And I thought back and I thought, "Yeah, you know what?" Even replaying that song in memory, that's a pretty fun song. That song's a great song. I've never yeah. heard one other thing of that of theirs, but so you can go pretty deep into the Hanson catalog and find a lot of bangers. So I there got, are some legit bangers deep in the Hanson catalog. I got the new Hanson album circa four years ago. Requested a press copy. I got it. It was sort of uh, uh, it was sort of like a Motowny, a little Jackson Fivey. 
And uh, it was really fun. Had a great single on it. I was like, this is really fun. So then I'm like, okay, maybe I've got Hanson wrong. Andrew WK told me that he went to Hanson's secret uh, songwriting fantasy camp where Hanson invites like miscellaneous, like Andrew WK went and uh, uh, who else was there? Weird Al was there. <laughs> um, but also, like, I don't know, Ted Leo or something, sure. you know? And they all The Bismarckies of the world. <laughs> they all hang out together and write songs together and record them. So it's like you, they, have like, they make bands of these, of these minor music celebrities where, you know, each, there's four bands, one for each member of Hanson. How many Hansons are there? Three. I think there's three Hansons. So they make three bands and then they get together and they record a song every day. They write and record a song every day. And and the, Andrew WK was telling me about how great the Hanson brothers were. So I, I invited them on my radio show and interviewed them. They literally could not be more pleasant, charming, entertaining people. No wonder they were so successful as teenagers. They're a delight. They're fucking <laughs> delightful human beings. Uh, for work recently, I was looking at a gallery of bad music tattoos and there was a Hanson back tattoo that is burned into my mind because what happened is that someone got the Hanson back and tattoo. And unfortunately, you're back. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I had, I had it as a brand, <laughs> not as a traditional tattoo. Is that the guy who had gotten this tattoo had gotten fatter since he had gotten it. Mm-hmm. So Hanson's faces all have stretched into these football-shaped ovals and also the pupils in their eyes seem to have stretched stretched more. So they have there are these – Oval-headed, black-eyed monsters. It was a dude. Yes, I don't remember. I feel like Hanson's... oh, you know, I think I guess I I guess I'm thinking of the photo, and I guess I can't see any sex characteristics. It looked like a dude, <laughs> but they back. they don't look like that now. Or since they you look saw like, them, oh, they look like black-eyed demons now, right? <laughs> yeah, they basically look like sort of was... oblong. Actually, do you the think it picture was a picture of Dorian new... Gray, or is it right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, the tattoo of Dorian Gray, like what you would see in the mirror if you're being haunted by the Grudge, <laughs> <laughs> which okay. I am. We'll be back in just a second with more on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> Hello, buddies. I'm Travis McRoy. And I'm Andy Bolt. And we're the hosts of Bunker Buddies. We're a podcast where we're amateur survivalists and we talk about things like the apocalypse. And we talk about zombies and preparedness. What are you going to wear when it's the apocalypse? And you have no idea if you don't listen to our show. It comes out every Wednesdays on MaximumFun.org and on iTunes. Sometimes we try weird foods or we talk about where to camp or how to avoid getting eaten or any of these things. Yeah, so listen to us because it might just save your life. We'll see you in the bunker. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dr. Frank. I mean, that's a, he already has a nickname, so he doesn't have to say a nickname in addition yeah, to his Frank, nickname. usually part of the show is the guest coming up with a nickname. But, oh, is that uh, right? You're set. <clears throat> I, I, sometimes I will say the famous Dr. Frank. 
You can um, go with that. It's fine. The famous Dr. Frank. Has there ever been a nickname that you've wished was your nickname? <laughs> but in well, your sort of reg- in you've, when you've been regretting that you chose Dr. Frank? I, I don't think I've ever regretted it. Although I do like, you know, experimenting with the idea of the other. A lot of the military ones are pretty good. Like, he's a general is great. Brigadier. Brigadier Frank. Sure. Rear Admiral. Would be, <laughs> all, any, of, any of those. They, they add Frank. some <laughs> – they add, as you say, they add some <laughs> dignity and weight sure. to an otherwise weightless uh, entity. So, do you want to be smelly? No, I would probably not vote for smelly. Okay, I mean, I think it's, I think that's funny. Yeah. But... You smell really nice. Yeah, you do smell oh. great. It would be like, it would be like one like an ironic Nick. It would be like calling a, you know, a fat like, guy slim or yeah, something. Exactly. Um, I thanks. I try, I try <clears throat> to smell as inoffensive as I can. Yeah. Well, congratulations. All right. <clears throat> Yes. You are a success. Did it. Go tell your therapist <laughs> that you've wrapped this thing up. <laughs> Do you think we can no, get Smelly arrived. on the show? <laughs> we could, I mean, what's Smelly up to? You know, you they know. rolls through town. Sure. Sure. Sure, Fat Mike has stuff to do. He's got to go hang out with Fat Joe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Make that album. Make it. I <laughs> um, oh, mean, uh, Fat's Domino, is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, I think he might still be alive. Didn't he get caught in Katrina? Well, he, <laughs> I think <laughs> I he like did. he was on a roof in Katrina. Yeah. Fat's Domino. Um, something, I met my new hero. Um, and I just wanted to share that with you guys. I met a person so magical that I told my wife I was thinking about leaving her for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at Burbank. This Bob is big. Hope. This is a big I know. tonal I, I've shift been, in the so show, you know, Jesse. Uh, Frank, I've been with my wife now for uh, – we've been together for about 16 years. Uh-huh. And uh, we've been married for a of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I love Oh, yeah, actually, you lot. didn't say a number. You just said Mern. <laughs> when? Uh, well, uh, 16 years. Technique. We've been together for 16 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Years. But, oh, I'm sorry. When you said how many years you've been married, you I guess I was listening for a number, but I just heard Mern. I guess maybe my headphones are... It must have been your headphones. It's probably just out. my headphones. I'm yeah. Sorry. I mean, we've been together for 16 years, yeah. and we got married about many years ago. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Our anniversary is in the summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... So uh, I was at Burbank Bob Hope Airport. It's a lovely regional airport here in Southern California. I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure, Frank. I, I have, but, but but long ago before it was Bob Hope, um, I didn't realize it was the same place until uh, today when I said, Bob Hope, what's that? And then it was explained to me and it all made sense. I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but Cold War kids were there with me. Hey. I mean, we weren't technically there together. Sure. But I noticed they were the Cold War kids because <laughs> they looked like they were in a band and then I read the piece of tape on their piece of equipment. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I was at Burbank Bob Hope Airport, had my whole family with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite the production. Sure. Uh, two car seats, four bags. I got one of those... Those roller carts that cost $5 now. I think like – but I mean best case scenario, you're going through Bob. That's a pretty low-stress airport. Oh. That's, that's a chill fucking airport. That is a great – it is like it is like they had a board meeting at uh-huh. Bob Hope Airport and they're just like, you know what? Fucking everybody's in TSA pre now. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, like let's just chill Is this an out. airport Everybody's... or Jimmy Buffett's bungalow? Yeah. I'm so chill. Yeah, man, just throw up a few fucking, I don't know, Amelia Earhart whatevers, and let's have a drink. Sure. <laughs> um, so I was at— Take your shoes off or don't. Uh, I was at Bob Hope uh, Airport. It's quite the production. You know, my the baby's in the ergo carrier mm-hmm. on my wife. 
the toddler's walking with his little backpack on, and we're flying Southwest Airlines. Sure. Which, I don't know if you guys know this, but this airline is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, do they hire uh, uh, flight attendants or stand-up comedians? Yeah. It is fun. It is really <laughs> fun, Frank. I don't know if you time. fly I a have, lot. Yeah, no, I do. I do. And yeah, you're right. They're, they're, they're a deck of cards up there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? All jokers. All jokers. jokers. <laughs> Fifty-two jokers. Uh, oh, Southwest paid me back for that uh, for that suit I bought, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Great work. Great work. So I'm at the ticket counter, and the man at the ticket counter looks almost too square to be a work for Southwest. Mm. He's maybe forty-ish. He has a goatee uh, or a properly a Van Dyke. Uh, he is, he looks like he should, he looks like he should manage an Avis outlet. Okay. Is how I could best describe it. And to such an extent that he almost, he looks, he looks weird in the Southwest, like purple shorts and whatever it is that, you know what I'm talking about? That is, yeah, that's the like hot dog on a stick uniform of of the air. Yeah, they really, they wear those super embarrassing shorts, purple and khaki shorts. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking, this is the, this is the squarest man I've literally, white guy, as I said, (laughs) 40-ish. Because I would say, I would usually characterize the, the, you know, demographic of Southwest employee as the world's funnest aunt. Yes, exactly. That's exactly who they're looking to hire. Like a, f- a fun, maybe single aunt. Bottle blonde. Sure. Uh, you know, she she was lighter in her earlier days, but yeah. it's because she likes to live life. Sure. You know what I mean? Margarita Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> right. Yeah. Margarita Monday through Friday. She'll have a margarita on any day that ends in Y. Chocolatinis on the weekend. <laughs> A real it 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 attracts a class of employees that I would describe as a real Skechers shape ups class of employees. Yeah, because they all have such firm buttocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And our Joe Montana. Uh, so this guy, he was sort of tall, slim, white guy, uh, sort of you know, supercuts haircut, goatee, and I'm thinking, what is this guy? Is the squarest man I've ever met. And then he opened his mouth to speak to us and he spoke to us in a voice that's difficult to capture with words. I can only describe it as a slightly less Puerto Rican Rosie Perez and do the right thing. Okay. (laughs) Literally, he went from a character in office space Mm -hmm. to saying – um, does your baby have a ticket? <laughs> does your baby have a ticket? Or, um, yes. <laughs> like maybe you would say a 40-year-old African-American woman, but specifically circa 1992, <laughs> not a contemporary. It was the most amazing shit I've yeah. ever seen with my own eyes. I literally wanted to jump over the counter to hug him. Mm-hmm. I loved him so much. <laughs> he was he was so sweet to us, so nice to us. I wanted to fucking give him a double high five right there and kiss him on the lips and marry him. My new hero. Did you Got get him. his name? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Would they have tags? You could have, uh, you know. 
noted it. I should have noted it. I should have. I should have wrote a letter to Bob Hope himself. Yeah, and told him one man at the Bob Hope Burbank Airport is doing you proud. <laughs> Everyone else is basically tap dancing on your grave. Um, does the baby have? <laughs> does the baby have a ticket, or is that a lap infant? Hmm. <laughs> I I actually have a story too about the perfect thing said with the perfect accent. Yes. Um. Uh. Uh-uh. I know you're skeptical that anything can beat that. And if this was a couple weeks ago, I would have said it's true. Can I clarify something about this voice? Please. I want to be really clear about this. I'm not doing gay voice, mm-hmm. and it indeed wasn't a stereotypical gay voice of the era or even an urban gay voice of the mm-hmm. area era it was a 40 year old woman's voice mm-hmm. of the era so i just want to make that abundantly clear yeah. or rosie perez but less puerto rican sure. um when i was coming back from baltimore yeah um i had an uber driver mm-hmm. a very very sweet guy who quit bragging but go ahead i know sorry guys i take uber no. No walking for this guy. Sorry, it's nothing but sidecar for me. I use a smartphone okay, to call well, a car. I've got a moto razor, so <laughs> and a razor I'm not scooter. Sweaty either. <laughs> <clears throat> and this man's I don't know where this guy was from, but his name was Deeb. I don't know if that's a regional name, if maybe someone could help me out here. Austrian name. Uh but it's uh it was uh it was pretty chilly in Baltimore and I was about to get on a plane, so I was just wearing a t shirt. Mm-hmm. And so he's look, kind of looking back at me, like while we're driving, and he keeps looking back, and like I could tell he's like he's confused. Sure. And uh, and he says, uh, uh, "In your t-shirt, you look like a summer boy." <laughs> yeah, a summer boy. A summer boy. <laughs> You've got a new nickname, Jordan. I might have. Yeah. I. I mean, Deep just gave it to you. Deep is think... what's up. I think it m- might have been an invitation to some sort of gay subculture. Oh, God. Summer boys? That sounds great. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. Yeah, get out there to the Russian River. <laughs> Join the summer boys. Sure. At the Russian River. Hmm. Do some huffing. Yeah. <clears throat> I think summer boys huff, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I should hope so. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to... They're not going to... Put too fine a point on this. They're not going to fuck sober. No, no, of course not. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. Get up to the Russian River with the summer boys. Do a little huffing. <laughs> uh, Frank, you're kind of, speaking of travel, you're kind of like mid-book tour here now, right? Yeah, I'm in the midst of a book tour. My book came out yeah, just a few weeks ago. How uh, how has it been going a lot of weird places? Well, you know, I haven't gone to a lot of weird places yet. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm en route to Tennessee, though, Memphis and Nashville, that seems like a kind of a weird place to do a book tour. But I What are you going to do there? A game of horseshoes? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to do... that from before? <clears throat> no. I, I don't know. I think one time on the show I said that. It's from the song Tennessee by Arrested Development. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what I say is a game of horseshoes, and then you say, a game of horseshoes! You go to these you know, major places where you know all the... Uh, Seattle, Portland, New York, uh, here, and uh, Tennessee is a new one for me. Um, I like Nashville in concept. I've played there before, but I've never done a book thing there, so I don't know. You never know. You, but you know, it's uh, one one thing is that uh, the Barnes and Nobles of the world are all very similar. So you get the basic idea of um, of of the Barnes and Noble experience. Here, right here in LA, and it's just like uh, everywhere else in Tennessee or what have you. Um, you can still get the same 
uh, impulse buy chocolate covered graham cracker at the at the cash register. Yeah, um, uh, they are absolutely um, identical. Which uh, predictability is nice. But you know, in some of those Barnes and Nobles down south. Uh, that graham cracker has a vinegar sauce and uh, some it has a tomato a dr- sauce. Or a dry rub. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's a level of uh, I'll have to explore that. I don't know. But um, yeah, it, it's a it's a, they blurred. I've been on in on tour in various contexts for decades, um, you know, with the band, et cetera. And uh, the they do tend to blur together and you forget what is what. And uh I, I was at a, I played at a club, the Redwood Bar last night. You um, know that place? Yeah, this is a downtown, right? Yeah, it's a. It was described to me as a pirate bar. Yeah, and I thought that there was some information that was being conveyed by that that was more than just the fact that it had. <laughs> Pirate decor. Sure. You are know, you a pirate or are you a summer boy? <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> are, uh, I don't know. Pirate seeks summer boy. <laughs> Must but, be four twenty friendly and shaved. <laughs> but I, I, t- I, I mentioned this to a friend of mine uh, uh, that uh, that was described as a pirate bar, and uh, she's from uh, from Florida. I can't remember where, like Orlando area. And she said, "Oh yeah, we have those." But what she was talking about is there's a subculture of pirate dressing up. People like a kind of a, a goth. Um, I I walked pirate. into one of these the last time I was in Portland. I was going to a bar that okay. the pirate people were having their meetup at, and I know that's less surprising that it's happening in Portland than it is in Florida. But still, I can confirm it's a thing it, that I've seen. It's a seen. real thing. I see. I, I thought I wasn't sure whether she was pulling my leg, but I would like to see that. And I was disappointed when I went to the when I after I learned that it was an actual pirate bar. I thought I'd see some. Pirate guys, yeah. there, but there weren't any pirate guys. But um, I, anyway, the, the basically, I, so I did that show, and it's part of a book tour. But it's kind of like any other show I did. There's all this all an amalgam of you know marginally successful shows that I've that I do every now and again <laughs> Wait, Frank, for the you, last you know three decades. When you do when you do a music show that's attached to the book tour, is it always an all ages show because you wrote a young adult book? Um, it is not. Uh, it is whatever you – I mean I, I, my parameters are uh, play wherever they'll let me play hmm. and that it, that narrows things down quite a bit in many cases. Um, the, the all ages as an ideological requirement for every show you do, um, that was definitely part of my life in the – at the height of my uh, punk rock years um, and the, the idea was that well the, you know no if it's not all ages no one will go I, I don't know how true that was then but at this point I think you uh, I feel like any noise I make if they any place they let me make it is probably gonna help more than hurt um, are, are young people allowed to read your books they yes it's free country um, <laughs> yeah <point>. Jesse <laughs> what is this communist Russia <laughs> I don't think young people should read oh it gives them ideas you know what I was at Al Madrigal's house recently mm. uh, Al mm. the man of a thousand voices mm-hmm. uh, and I met a man and I was chatting with this man sure. I don't remember what this guy's name was it's probably for the best because I'm about to say something oh, boy. it's not going to cast him here in the here best it light. comes <laughs> The wind-up and the pitch. I'm talking to this gentleman, and I'm actually also talking to our friend Mark Marin, recent guest on this program. And uh, this guy that I'm talking to, he's some kind of – I think he's an artist or an art dealer of some kind. We started talking about wristwatches initially. Comes out along the way that this man is opposed to parks. 
<laughs> That's a stance. His opposed to public parks. He says it's a waste of space. Waste of space, yeah. Would, that could be used for a cheesecake factory? I don't know what he wants to put in there instead of a park. I couldn't... I couldn't, and it was sincere. It what? It did not seem. You to don't be think a, it was a, you know, the Johnny Depp was a Lone Ranger movie was pretty good. Kind of, I'm just being, you know, I'm just being contrarian to make conversation at this party. It seemed to be a sincerely held belief. He did not seem to take pleasure in stating that he was opposed to parks. Yeah, I'm it was sure just he gets a simple shot fact down. That he did not believe in parks, but he also didn't seem to understand. <laughs> That that was what a crazy person would say, <laughs> like a madman. Uh, like he t- was telling me about how he doesn't like parks, and I literally had to say, "Hold on a second, can I ask you a clarification question?" That's one of those things. Are you against parks? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things where, like, I he literally I, said to me, Jordan, I couldn't disagree with that more. But it would be one thing is like, I wouldn't want to yell at the guy because I want to hear all about it. He said to me. I don't want to chase this off this magical creature. He said to me, I mean, who wants parks? I said. Most. Most people 99% of people. For a place to relax. Yeah. People with children that want a place to play. People. I'm like listing people that want to look at birds. <laughs> people that having like a to barbecue, take having a hike. People looking for a, a gathering place <laughs> where they don't have to buy anything. People, like the All right, you've convinced stuff. me. <laughs> Frank, you were that anti-park a, going into this. That is a cogent right? argument, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna line up with you on this one now. Thank you, Frank. Thank well you, done. Frank. Well. We should explain now the reason why we brought you on this program. <laughs> it's an intervention. Your girlfriend mentioned to us that she had heard that you were opposed to parks and asked if there was anything that we could do about it. They, she had heard through the grapevine that I am known for my ability to convince people that mm. parks are worthwhile. Uh. I did it at Al Madrigal's uh, holiday party, mm-hmm. and I'll do it again. In fact, I have done it again with you. I'll probably do it again with Stinky. <laughs> smelly. <laughs> smelly, yeah. <laughs> smelly I wonder what Smelly's... Facts later. I wonder what Smelly's opinion on parks is. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go and talk to the members of Rancid, see if sure. any of them are opposed to parks. <laughs> Chat with them about it. Any punk rock legend from the Bay Area as I am, I will convince of that parks are worthwhile. That's my promise to you, Jordan, and to you, Dr. Frank. Can I can I back up a little bit towards this pirate subculture? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Please uh, do. Here was something I noticed about it when I ran into it in Portland. And again, I don't know if it's representative. I know Portland is its own little bubble and maybe not the best place to take a sample from. Sure. But here's what I observed. Are they always eating Satan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> usually when you run into a rowdy, costumed, nerd-based subculture – it's overwhelmingly male. Yeah. This was pretty 50-50, and I was impressed. Really? I yeah. would have expected that to be a male-dominated subculture. As would I. As would I, I yeah. Uh, I what don't understand the, it, but... Are the women wenches? Uh, Yeah, they were dressed wench-like. I mean, I, uh, I, mean, I guess you could be a... Uh, it's hard to say, because I don't know what the traditional wench... I don't know what uh, what separates a wench from a like lady pirate. pirate. Yeah, because there were lady pirates. Sure, I once interviewed a man who wrote a book about pirates, and lady pirates were a thing, 
they were uncommon, but they were treated equally. Right. Uh, so yeah. So I don't want beautiful. Yeah. So well, I bet they were very beautiful. <laughs> That's why they became pirates. What with, what with their bustiers and all. Yeah. <laughs> and toothbrushing not having been invented. <laughs> and what with them on on boats where they have to drink alcoholic beverages all the time because the water goes bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean and usually I'm I'm kind of against this form of boobery. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it's a viable place to get laid, I can't say too much about it. Can I ask you a question, Please. Jordan, about these folks in Portland yeah. at the pirate meetup? This Were was not they... at a pirate bar, by the way. This was at a space bar. <laughs> <laughs> the bar was space themed. I don't know if were they were they like do, were they doing a bit like when you hear about Star Trek people at the Renaissance? Fair? <laughs> I don't. They're like what? Well, yeah, like, just beam down to this Renaissance yeah, fair. We sailed into the Bermuda Triangle, and now look where we are. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, hard to tell. Were, I was I was afraid of them. Were they mm-hmm. Johnny Depp style pirates? Go, wait for me to finish. Uh, theme park style pirates. Or like gritty pirates. If they – by Johnny Depp pirate, do you mean did they have really impressive early careers but are now an embarrassment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean um, – I mean were they in Benny and June at all? I would, yeah. I would say that they are more theme park pirates. OK. Yeah. So like a like – a, like more like a fun costume store pirate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's... Well, I'll tell you that the that um, my friend who was telling me about him, mm-hmm. uh, which I mean, the funniest part about it was she was it was she was acting like it was a, a completely normal thing. You know, those pirates they're always they're everywhere. Those hipster no. pirates. I, can't, <laughs> ah, I hate those places. You know, so it's a a thing that is sure. that intrudes on her life and and uh, and is annoying to her. But you know, um, there's those drivers who won't turn right on red. You know, you always go to the the but, supermarket and get the one squeaky wheeled shopping cart, and then pirate hipsters. But no. I got the impre- impression it was a it was a hipster, like a steampunk kind of hipster, like <laughs> a you know, uh, like Gorians or um, like a sort of a lifestyle choice that you make to be a pirate. Like I those w- people that have all Art Deco houses <laughs> and they only wear forties clothes. Um, I, yeah, and maybe they're the same people on different days. I don't know. It's, I mean, well, you're from San Francisco. It's the it's the city of of costumes. I mean, any excuse, people will wear costumes. Um, but I never saw the pirate thing. So yeah. uh, we haven't caught up to uh, Portland or Florida, I guess. Frank, I say the next time you go to the San Francisco Symphony's legendary black and white ball, pirate it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, I, it's a long story why I went to the ballet, but I did go to the to the San Francisco ballet uh, with my girlfriend, uh, uh some ways back, and uh, there was someone in a unicorn costume at the ballet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's San Francisco. <laughs> unicorn <laughs> at the ballet. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. The famous Dr. Frank. Hey, guess what? Sponsor on this week's program, Jordan Jesse Go, supported in part by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Audible's offering JJ Go listeners a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash 
JJ Go. That's audio audio audible audiblepodcast.com slash JJ Go. Get a free audiobook of your choice now at audiblepodcast.com slash JJ Go. Can I make a suggestion? I'd love to hear your suggestion. Check out one of those King Dork books I've heard so yeah. much about. I was going to make that suggestion as well. <laughs> King Dork and King Dork approximately there uh, on that and they're read by this guy Lincoln Hoppe who's a, who's a pretty good uh, voice actor and he really, a lot of people like it. Uh, uh, I I find I can't listen to it myself. It's too weird to listen to someone else reading my own book. But I hear it uh, by others who've, who've listened to it. It's top-notch stuff. So check it out. Um, I also want to mention, not a sponsor on this week's program, but just in case they want to get into it, mm-hmm. whatever in the future, um, we could be sponsored by rapper E-40's Slurricane Hurricane. Um, it's the ready-to-drink cocktail beverage by E-40, a premixed version of the sweet cocktail known as a hurricane popular in New Orleans. Um, and also Earl Stevens Wines, his line of fine wines. So E-40, if you're out there listening <laughs> in Vallejo, uh, do get on the horn. Give us a call. Email Teresa at MaximumFun.org and you can sponsor this week's program. That's Teresa at MaximumFun. Dot O-R-G. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, E-40, go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. You can share your personal or professional announcement on our airwaves for a very affordable rate. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. The famous Dr. Frank. Legendary musician, novelist, raconteur, bon vivant. <laughs> Jan. Jan Dubont. <laughs> The guy who directed Twister. <laughs> and, of course, John DuPont. <laughs> Dr. Frank. Famous murderer. Um, I Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Jordan, Sorry. Spoiler alert. Now people don't have to go see Selma. <laughs> okay. Here's – I. we usually – momentous occasions is just things people have called into us. But I saw something taking a walk this morning that I thought was so beautiful. I was really deeply touched by it. Um, and I took a picture of it, and it's sort of like on our sister podcast, Stop Podcasting mm-hmm. Yourself. They have overheards and overseens. This is sort of like a momentous occasion, a thing that I saw. It's a sign, an eight and a half by 11 photocopied sign that is ducked or electrical taped to a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great way to affix something to something else. Well, certainly, if it's something difficult to affix something to, such as tree bark. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to want to use – I mean it looks like it might be electrical tape, like th- thick electrical tape. Mm-hmm. And it's not around the tree. It's on the corners. Anyway, it's a sign. It says in really big letters, lost keys. And I want to be clear. Like this isn't a funny sign. It just touched me. Sure. It's beautiful. So don't expect a big laugh. Yeah. Lost keys, please help. We need a win this new year. <laughs> Reward, please call or text the phone number and keep an eye on your loose pockets. Oh, wow. 
We need a win this new Jeez, year. <laughs> but 2014 was rough. 2014 blew. <laughs> but if somebody brings me back those fucking keys. It's an omen. 2015 is going to be amazing. Oh, I hate going to that hardware store. <laughs> but a new Get key keys made. copied. <laughs> It's possible that like uh, they had like a keychain that had some microfilm on it. Could be with some sort of uranium type plans. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about uranium type plans. Oh yeah, for bombs or nuclear powers. You don't or... have to tell me. I've seen Mordecai. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's what Mordecai is about. Please help. We need a win this new year. Jeez. We need a win this new year. If anybody finds the keys, the number is 323-379-4734. Just if you're in the, Give them a call. If you're in the Mount Washington, Highland Park, Glassell Park, there's, Monterey Park area. There's no area, distri- description of the keys, right? No, no description of the keys at all. It's just – it may be that they're burglars. Oh, we need a win this year. They we just, need a house to rob. <laughs> yeah, like we need one last score. Sure. Like one last big score. Before we score. get out of the game. Yeah. Could be expensive to lose your keys these oh, days. Oh sure, totally. I guess. You know, because you got to get that. You got to new get a new car fob. Maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it cost you upwards of a hundred, two hundred dollars. Sure, certainly so. I mean, I know, I know. You don't have to tell me. I just had to get a new radiator tank. Oh boy. Yeah. Luckily, Eddie helped me out at Eddie's Auto. Eddie, if you want to sponsor Jordan Jesse, <laughs> go. If you're, well, email. Does Eddie have a line of uh, malt beverages? Yeah, Eddie, Eddie, no, Eddie has fine wines. Oh, wow, okay. Fine wines. Um, hey, I do want to mention one thing. Please. The Brian and Lindsay will totally eat that um, fucking Kickstarter is going gangbusters. Hey. Uh, we've got uh, right now like about 150 people have already backed it. Uh, we are about 40% of the way to our big $10,000 challenge grant. Uh, but if you missed last week's program or what have you, Brian Fernandez, Sonny D, our producer, and another MaxFun employee, Lindsay Pavlis, are the stars of a We Will Eat Anything You Throw at Us internet television show called Brian and Lindsay Will Totally Eat That. We've got a pilot up on the Kickstarter page uh, as well as a little Kickstarter video. You can get lots of cool stuff. There's a chip clip with teeth, like human-looking teeth. It's terrifying. Sure. Um, Get away from my chips. Yeah, exactly. Those are mine. Yeah, you said it. You said it, Jordan. Get away from my chips. They have South African dust on them. So, oh, God, those are good chips. Those fucking chips, Can we man. Get that those to sponsor fucking us? Those chips. fucking South Africa chips? Yeah, nothing else at Trader Joe's. Oh, my God. Those, have you ever eaten those Trader no, Joe's no, South Africa a, chips? Oh, my God. What's What makes them so special? I mean, I, it's, I, it's, it's hard to describe because I've, I've been talking about these chips to a lot of people, and they're like, why are they so great? I don't know. They have a dust on them. It's apparently from South Africa, although which has a shoddy uh, reputation for human rights. The last time something this amazing came out of South Africa, he turned out to be a murderer. So we'll have to see. Are you if talking about Dave Matthews? The Oscar Pastorius of chips. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like an inspirational story yeah. at first. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this interests me very much. I the, the hope, chips thing. The, My yeah, hope yeah. is that they're the Lady Smith Black Mombazo of oh, chips, okay. which is to say they're always great, no matter what members are in them. You can put them in any awards show, mm-hmm. and but the, they'll fit right in. The thing that makes it great is the flavor and the dust. Is that what you're saying? It's oh, like God, a. Yes. It's like it's like a more interesting barbecue chip. Yeah, like it's like the base. You start with barbecue chip, and then you add, you know, an exotic. Whirlwind of flavors. Yeah, just add some yeah. time or something. I don't know. Mm. T h y m e. Indeed. 
Rosemary. But I think they are aged. (laughs) They have been aged. They're cave-aged. Cave-aged. You bury them in (laughs) volcanic ash. And they're they're actually stonewashed as well, which I think is nice. Give give them that lifted look. Anyway, this this is what I promise. If we can make... This $10,000 challenge, not only will we get $10,000 from Hover, who have, who have said that they will match the first $10,000 if we get to $10,000, but I promise that that $10,000 moment will not only kick us up to $20,000, it will also be the moment that I, as executive producer of the show, commit to making Brian and Lindsay eat bugs. We happen to be here in a Oaxacan neighborhood. Oaxacans love to eat chapulines, mm-hmm. which are uh, crickets, fried crickets. I will make them eat fried crickets. They probably taste good. Probably. I bet they do taste good. Right? Don't you think they probably taste good? My dad has eaten some bugs. I bet you would like – I bet you like the – like feeling the shape of the bug in your mouth would be unpleasant. But I bet if mm-hmm. you just crunch right down on those, they're probably pretty good. Yeah, I think it's pretty crunchy. Yeah. My, that's what my father's – my father ate bugs in Laos mm-hmm. uh, where he used to work. And, you know, he's just – as a matter of politeness, you eat what somebody serves you. He ate a fair volume of bugs. He said, yeah, they're fine. Okay. Eat some bugs. But we'll have to see because Brian and Lindsay, they, they have a complicated systems of, of ratings. You got to talk about eatability, repeatability. You got to talk about fun factor. You know, <laughs> these are all things that are – that we're going to find out about crickets – if we can get to $10,000 and get that $10,000 hover grant, Brian is really upset right now. Brian is literally <laughs> hiding his face in his hands because he's going to have to eat crickets. But that's the reality of the situation. I'll have him eat something nice as well. Maybe some of those salted caramels that people – I mean salted licorices that people keep sending us from Scandinavia. Oh, uh, yeah. Those aren't actually nice. Those are I don't disgusting. like those. Yeah. Those are sickening. Yeah. Ooh. If something momentous happens to you, like you make your $10,000 uh, grant. Look, the minimum donation to this thing is a dollar. So just put in a dollar. This is Max Fund's attempt to prove that we can make videos. Well, go watch the pilot. If you think it's fun, put in a dollar. You'll get ten more. And one of them will be about crickets. <laughs> if something momentous happens to you, you can call us at 206-984-4FUN for our beloved signature segment. What's it called again, Jordan? <laughs> I don't know. Crickets? Cricket eating? Yeah. Oh, momentous occasions. Momentous occasions. Search for Brian and Lindsay. We'll totally eat that on Kickstarter or on... YouTube or click the link on MaximumFun.org. Here's our first momentous occasion. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Go. This is Ben from Minneapolis calling in with a moment of shame, pretty much the biggest one in my entire life. Uh, it was late in the evening, and I was watching some porn, as you might do in the evening, and came across a video that had the first love of my life in it. And, yeah, included the guy choking her and slapping her in the face. So, pretty big moment of shame. Thought I kind of had to share it because it's such a nightmare. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Wow, you really just had – you just fucking ran up against your own culpability in this situation. (laughs) I disagree. I think that's – I mean, you know, I think if – you know, I don't (sighs) – the world of pornography I don't think is necessarily an unpleasant place to be. No, I think there are a variety of experiences. Sure. I think. I think if you're our building mate, Nina Hartley, pornography legend Nina Hartley, uh, you probably enjoy your work. You do well. You make your own films that people probably enjoy being in and so on and so forth. Yeah. 
So let's not assume. We should explain. The yeah. love of this guy's life is pornography legend Nina Hart. <laughs> <laughs> he has never met her. No. He just considers her the love of his life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you are enjoying the movie and if you have no reason to believe that, you know, uh, there was exploitation going on, I think everybody wins in this situation, right? The tone of his voice suggests he may have had reason to believe that there was exploitation going on. What okay. do you think? What do you I, think about that? Oh, it's hard. I mean, I guess I don't want to, like, just, you know, uh, subscribe shame to pornography. Frank, you live in the Bay Area. You've probably done some porn. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a sweet story. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was very nice. <clears throat> a triumph of the human spirit. Yeah. I think – Like what, Marley and me. This is what I gathered from it. Sure. I gathered that what he was ashamed of was not that he had once been in love with someone who was now in the pornography industry. Mm-hmm. Not that he was by proxy connected to the pornography industry. Sure. But rather that this love affair that he had, mm-hmm. the first great love of his life – uh, drove someone into hardcore porn. Oh. Like that he was the source of sure. it. Sure. And I think there's information that he's leaving out. Do you think that maybe if maybe he, what he's feeling guilty about wasn't that, you know, he feels, you know, he feels a lot of different ways about the pornography industry or if he feels weird about masturbation. It's just that he's a, such a potent lover that people are driven to extreme sexual practices because they're chasing his dragon. Yeah, and also he told her to drop out of dentist school. <laughs> so those two reasons, yeah. he said, I'll always take care of you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to dentist school. Sure. Um, yeah. That's a difficult situation. That's like it an is. imagine my surprise story. <laughs> new category? <laughs> Momentous occasion. Imagine story. my surprise. I was so surprised my monocle fell from my eye. It has a kind of a kind of an upper crusty vibe to it. Imagine my surprise when I saw the on-camera rogering. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying not let's not right. assume I think that let's not really assume good... that this is shameful or or you know a reason to be guilty. Yeah, all I'm saying is I don't think it is shameful or reason to be guilty from the information that we have. Sure. However, I am presuming from what this – I'm presuming that there are parts of this story that this man is leaving out. Sure. Which are implied shame. OK. That's that's right. I mean, I, yeah, I guess you don't want to go into too much – you don't want to get into too much – uh, you know, detail as to the specific type of pornography you're watching. This girlfriend's name? Jean Gomeshi, <laughs> for example. Sure, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I think this guy. It's not a. I don't think it's about pornography exclusively. Mm-hmm. I think there's a dark secret in this guy's past. I think this guy might be the Oscar Pistorius. Oh boy! Just so you think there. this guy is covered in a flavorful dust? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt of well now that you've yeah. seen that video. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you think happens when you ejaculate? <laughs> I have never ejaculated, but I always assumed it was well because you know when you see people's hands and their fingers and they're sort of orange and it's it's like Cheetos, right? That's no, that means they've been eating Cheetos. No. That's, that's Cheetos. 
No, I'm pretty sure they've ejaculated. Oh, yeah. It's called Flaming Hot Cheetos, right? Jesse, here's a copy of <laughs> Our Bodies Ourselves <laughs> and the Mr. T Experience album, Our Bodies Ourselves. <laughs> they don't really have that much to do with each other, but... Okay. Did I get that right? 1994, Our Bodies Ourselves? Uh, that would have been 93. Yeah. Come on, I was close. Jordan. I was close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Well done. Come on. Sixth grade, not seventh grade. Pretty Jordan. close. Okay. Next call, please. Hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. Um, so I was just, this is a momentous occasion. I was just sitting around my house when suddenly the entire house shook and there was a giant crash. Uh, I got up and looked out the window, and it appears a tow truck took a corner too fast and threw an unstrapped car off the truck into the side of my house. So, you know, not something that happens every day. Uh, anyway, uh, have a good one. Bye. When this story started, before we got to the garbage truck cla- crash, I just assumed it was another masturbation story. <laughs> All I could think was Godzilla. So, yeah, for me, also, masturbation story. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you enjoy? Yeah. Do you like it when it's Godzilla solo, or do you like it when he's fighting Mothra? Uh, um, G on M. As as long as as long as it's as long as it's in Japanese, mm. not the dubbed bullshit or sure. the crappy Lizard Man remakes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need <laughs> that slithery shit. Doesn't get me hard. Sure. <laughs> If you, you if you want an erection out of me, it's got to be stout. Sure, you know what I mean. And and no no CGI. CGI is a real boner killer for me. Mm. It's got to like be practical effects. I, practical effects, and I'm. You should see the little the uh, Cheeto dust is blowing right out of me. You should see the the little scene seventies Godzilla movie Godzilla versus the Summer Boy. <laughs> 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 Oh, God. Summer boys, let's go to Russian River. I like that. I'm known as the troubadour of the summer boy generation. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a momentous occasion for us, call us at 206-984-4FUN or email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Hey, go on Kickstarter. Back Brian and Lindsay's project. It's going to be really cool. Even a dollar helps. Uh, We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Hey everyone, we're the Flophouse, one of the newest additions to the Maximum Fun Podcasting Network. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. What is the Flophouse, you may very well ask? We watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. A bad movie podcast? Isn't that like every fifth podcast on the internet? I'd answer that by saying, one, we've been doing this show for over seven years, long before the entire premise of our show was a cliche, and two... Shut up. Sick burn. I'd say that our show is more of a comedy podcast. A podcast about words that sound like other words. A podcast about me singing long, irritating songs like this one. (laughs) A podcast about pitches for a Ziggy comic book movie. Or discussions about sex tarps. Yeah, I mean, mostly it's a show about three friends just hanging out. And talking about ding-dongs. That's mostly used to. Wait, what? So if you like any of those things, subscribe in iTunes today or visit MaximumFun.org to follow the show. The Flophouse! Woo! 
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. <laughs> Jordan Morris, boy detective. And the famous Dr. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> there were more here's the thing. It's sort of like a roller coaster ride. At first, it feels awkward. Then it starts to feel natural, but then about four or five times in, you're like, mm, this is pretty ridiculous. Mm. Then after a while, you become dead inside. Sure. <laughs> Just numb. Yeah. Wait, waiting for death. So, Frank, I, I think we mentioned this earlier, uh, but you're what's called a professional musician. Uh, uh, technically, yes. And <laughs> uh, you happen to have uh, what looks like – is that a bassoon? <laughs> um, no. This is what is known in the music business as a guitar. Interesting. Uh, I'm learning some industry lingo here. Yeah. This is nice. Yeah. Yeah, we're really, uh, otherwise, we're really wood shopping this. <laughs> sometimes an axe, sometimes a sometimes a piece of wood. Uh-huh. That, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, there's a thing that uh, it, it uh, that old guys who are guitar guys will sometimes say if they they take a look at your guitar and they say, "Nice piece of wood." <laughs> they, I, and I've I've never quite uh, been a known been able to figure out how much of the innuendo is intended or not or it's a, it's a nice piece of wood. Yeah, and the, yeah. These sound like a couple of summer boys to be frank. <laughs> they they or they'll they'll you know you'll be playing and they'll they'll ah, yeah, spanking the plank. Ah, uh, that's some good plank spanking going on there. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, let's start referring to podcasting as spanking the play. <laughs> it actually, sounds cooler than podcasting. I have one question yes. for Frank before you play this song. Um, so you're going to be playing. I you'll probably be singing. Yeah. What does Rene Russo think of your singing? Oh, I don't know. Here we go again with the Russo. Because <laughs> Rene, Rene Russo happened to have mentioned the other night, I don't know if I said this, but that I'm yeah. a very good singer. <laughs> I just happened to sing a few bars and Rene Russo said to me, wow. Jesse, you're a very good singer. Well, I don't often get rave reviews on my singing per se. Although <laughs> uh, just uh, the other day at a at a school, I did a school do school. When you're a young adult author, you do these school visits, and I, I played at a high school in uh, somewhere. And uh, this this uh, you know student uh, came up to me after and said, "You sing good." And that, that was hey. that was that was that was the that was the the I would that compliment meant more to me. It was probably than, very sincere. Uh, yeah, it was, no, it definitely was. It was no, it was very nice. I, I would, so that would, but so that's the equivalent of that's my Rene Russo story. <laughs> so are you going to sing? I know that you you actually write and record songs that are related to your fiction. I do. Is this going to be a is this going to be a King Dork related song? Um, I haven't figured that out at this um, yet, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it well, could yeah, be. <laughs> it's too. If only you had had ninety minutes. <laughs> I, I just kind of you know I um, yeah I'll do a King Dork song uh, because I'm here promoting my book King Dork approximately. So sure, might as well uh, sort of have everything integrate in that way. You I, know what? In a funny way, your visit has dual purposes. It promotes your book, and it's just a lot of fun for the three of us. <laughs> Sure. I try to approach everything I do in that same yeah. spirit and that same good time, good feeling spirit. You know what? You were doing a really bad job of that right around the time <laughs> my parents died. No. Yeah, I was really sad and I was like, why isn't Dr. Frank having <laughs> Okay, here's what's the name of this song? So, so I I have to tell a, a little story to introduce it. Oh, please, okay. yeah. So, in my book, 
the King Dork, approximately the sequel to King Dork, there is a character named Cynthia with a Y. And uh, ordinarily, uh, Cynthia already has a Y in it, but this Y is at the end where the I would normally be. And then instead of the Y at the beginning, there's an I. So the I and the Y is switched places. And then um, instead of a dot above the I, there's an X. So far, so far, this the, the narrative drive of this story <laughs> is bowling me over. So this song is uh, about a girl um, uh, named uh, Cynthia with a Y, X above the I, which you encounter someone like this, you write a song about her, obviously. Sure. And the guy in my book writes the song that I'm going to play now. With the Y, Gladys with the W, KY double M doesn't trouble them, so I shouldn't trouble you. If you have any messages to send, just address them to Pamela double M with an H on the end. Cynthia with the Y. Sandy with an X to get on with the Julia, but everybody knows Susie with two O's is just a bit peculiar. If you're still singing sweet lullabies, dedicate them to Mimi with ease for her eyes. Cynthia with a Y. Followed by Molly with an I Ooh-wee. Say how you wanna be Take it from Kathy with an E <laughs> a private audience with the great Dr. Frank. Thanks Fra- for having me, guys. Frank, it has been a joy and a delight. Uh, are you are you headed out on further dates of this uh, rock and roll book tour? Yes, I am uh, playing in San Francisco Sunday tomorrow at the 
Sketchfest edition of the Porchlight uh, storytelling series. And then I'm on my way to Nashville in Memphis, and I can't remember where I'm playing, but anybody can check their uh, local listings. I mean, all you have to do is just go to an internet search engine, Mm -hmm. AltaVista, for example, and... Just type in Dr. Mehmet Oz. <laughs> and it helps. Backslash super. It helps if you add a yeah, keyword sure. like acai berry mm-hmm. or, yeah, salmon, wild salmon specifically. <laughs> is that a super? I don't I know that I'm aware of the term superfood, but I'm not really sure. That salmon is really superfood? Well, because it's packed with, uh, packed with uh, amino essential vitamins and nutrients. Fatty acids. Because uh, bears like it. That's why it's because it makes bears super. I mean, look, look at how powerful bears are. Oh, yeah, they'll Wouldn't fuck you, you up. Love to be that powerful? <laughs> They're you're, literally beasts. You're totally, you're totally right. <laughs> They're man eaters. Sure. They're literally eat a man. <laughs> if you fuck with them. Yeah, don't fuck with a bear. Yeah. If, you, if there's if one takeaway from today's episode, if you're going to fuck with one gay subculture, you're going to want to fuck with summer boys. Oh, yeah. They'll flip right over. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dr. Frank, it's been a delight to have you on the program. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, I, it is I who thank you. Check out Dr. Frank's uh, hit series of novels, King Dork. Two available, one on the horizon. Um, yes, yeah, so the third one, King Dork Abroad, is coming. King Dork Approximately is the current one. Please uh, consider buying it. That would help me out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Frank needs a win in the new year. Sure. <laughs> if you've seen his keys, too. If you've seen Dr. Frank's keys. He's really hoping somebody will return him by the time he gets home to Oakland. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Oh, Brian Fernandez, our producer, uh, a.k.a. Sunny D, our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Our thanks to them. You can discuss the show with the hashtag JJGo on Twitter on our uh a special Reddit club, I believe what it's called, mm-hmm. at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You can do it up on the Facebooks. Uh, just search for Maximum Fun and Jordan Jesse go there. And on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org. We'll have some fun conversations. I honestly, you know, last week we had a guest on the show. Um, and he stopped by. Uh, he stopped by because he had won a charity auction. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was nice enough to take some beautiful photographs of the show as it was unfolding and just describe everything that happens behind the scenes, um, you know, from the superfoods mm-hmm. to, to the summer boys. Sure. To the list of other things that happen during the course of the show. Um, yeah, it's great. It's on the Reddit it's where you should go and check it out. I'd go check it out. I said go check it out. Go that's check what, it out. That's what Lothraper would want you sure. to do. People, you can see my new haircut. Yeah, Jordan's got Jordan's got shorn locks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he brought over to the Allison Rosen program, by the way, which he was also on. You should go check out. Yep. Speaking of things, Lothreeper's excited about. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.